Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's Peter here, and I'm actually making this one from my hotel in Vegas. I'm currently at Mass Tort Made Perfect conference, so excuse the audio. I actually forgot my fancy headphones at home, and I'm just doing this recording just straight through my MacBook Pro uh, speaker. But I wanted to get the content out today because I have some interesting things to share. So the topic of this podcast is basically going to be that hiring is not scaling. And I can't stress that enough because I think what happens is a lot of companies decide that they want to get bigger. And they think that just building a larger team or hiring more people is the solution to be bigger. But what's very interesting is that I feel like Optimize to Convert and my company, I feel like we've been really smart about this all along the way and probably just because we've been pretty price conscious. I mean, my brother and I built our business from the ground up. I mean, we literally started in this industry 12 years ago when we only had $5,000 to our names and we just built the business organically. Every dollar in the company, every dollar that we've ever earned or saved has been our own money. I mean, we've never taken an outside investment. We've never raised capital. Um, when we have used other people's money like a credit card or a line of credit, it's always been temporary and we've always paid it back too within a couple weeks or months or at most it maybe took us about a year or two to pay back one larger line of credit. But besides borrowing here and there, we've built something from the ground up with our own money. And because of that, I really believe that we value and respect the money, right? So when it comes to building a team and hiring, we're very careful who we bring on board because I feel like every dollar counts and a bad employee is less money for me and my brother. I mean, let's think about it. Let's say we make a mistake and we hire someone for six months and we have to pay them $10,000 a month. Let's just pretend, right? Let's say they are bad and they don't produce a profit um, and they actually cause the company to, you know, lose that money that we were risking on them. I mean, the reason we take everything so seriously in the business, I believe, is really because it's our business and our money. I think it's very, very different if you're bus building a business off of other people's money because you can play around with that money and there's not as much of a sense of responsibility. I mean, let's say you starting a business, you go out to investors and you're raising capital. And let's just say you raise $20 million to start your digital marketing business and then that's just the first round and then in your second round you're able to earn, you're able to raise $60 million. It's just a different experience. It takes a lot of discipline in my opinion to be able to to just be taking other people's money and then building something responsible out of it. But in our experience and in our business, we've always been very, very careful hiring because again, any faulty hire or any bad hire is just literally money out of our pockets. Like I said, let's say we hire someone for 10 grand a month. We figure out after six months or four months that they were not a good fit. Well, what that means is that we lost $40,000 trying or $60,000 trying, and that's a lot of money. I mean, if we did not hire that person or didn't take that risk, perhaps that could be 
$60,000 back in our pockets. And what does $60,000 buy? I mean, $60,000 buys a brand new car. $60,000 buys, you know, maybe a, a partial down payment on a house, right? So again, what I recommend doing with scaling your business is I do recommend the approach that we've been taking where you only hire where you really feel like it's necessary. So we've been hiring basically out of two um, kind of circumstances because I feel like in life there's been a lot of different emotions, but I, I think the two driving ones have really been pleasure and pain. A lot of times we've just been hiring out of pain. I mean, I hired a full-time accounting person for our business about four and a half to five years ago. Why? Because I was personally doing all the payroll and I was suffering having to spend like 19 hours a day doing everything in the business plus actually going into the bank and sending all these wires and doing the reconciliations. It was just a big pain point. So we hired that position out of pain really and then it became fruitful because I was able to free up more time to do more important things. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you know, you're not always hiring out of pain. You're hiring out of growth and out of positive things and stuff. We hired a new salesperson four months for the business, not because we were, it was a pain point. It's just because we wanted to grow and do more. So, you know, what's interesting is I'm at the Mass Tort conference right now, and I was talking to a business owner at the conference. I'm not going to name their name. I really respect this person, though. They, um, they operate a kind of agency marketing company in the mass tour space and their business did about 60 million dollars of revenue last year which i personally think is impressive for the mass tour space because the mass tour space is not always as large as some other um verticals um but what he said is he made a mistake this year because he was trying to scale his business he wanted to take his business from 60 million dollars to hundreds of millions of dollars and he made kind of the classic mistake. He took a bunch of money and he hired 30 new hires. He hired uh, salespeople, biz dev people. He hired people for media buying and all this. He just hired, 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 thinking that hiring and building a team was the way to more success. And what he told me is out of the 30 people that he hired, he has fired 25 of them. And he's only keeping five. So. What he said is that he said the issue is that there's so many lazy people in the world and so many lazy people in our industry that it's much more important to have quality team as opposed to quantity of team. I feel like our business is doing a very good job because we only have about 21 people in our entire company. We have about 10 or 11 media buyers, which is most of our company really. 10 or, 10 or 11 media buyers, we have three or four customer success people, we have two full-time sales people, we have, a, uh, we have a team of two or three full-time accounting people because the, um, the accounting is much more complicated now. We work with over 500 um, clients. So Optimize, we work with clients in all types of industries, whether it's legal, insurance, solar, home services. We have over 500 clients that we work with. Out of those 500 clients, we're probably actively billing and truly actively doing business with about 140 clients simultaneously. So that requires a pretty serious infrastructure. You have to have a customer service team for that. You really have to have um, people that are dedicated towards these clients too. Like we have certain, 
people that talk to some clients, and then we have certain um, client success folks that talk and handle other relationships and other clients. But what I feel like we are doing right in our business is the ratio of employees to revenue. I mean, so even though we only have a team of about 20 people, we were able to produce last year $49 million of revenue. And um, one of my team members that works on the operations side this year told us that if we finish off the year strong, we could be pacing for as high as $80 million in revenue um, this year. She said, in fact, we've already exceeded last year's revenue and it's only October and everything that we produce from now on is basically just exceeding and beating last year. And, and that's with only a team of 20 people. So again, it's not about the size of your team, it's where you can um, get the most leverage from, right? So. If I were to hire more people right now, I would be hiring more media buyers for certain projects. I would be hiring probably more salespeople. I would eventually have to hire another client success person because if we bring on more clients, if we bring on more media buyers, I cannot overwhelm the client success team too much. I mean, I have three full-time people handling and servicing our clients. But so again, going back to that, topic that I was talking about originally, sometimes you might be hiring out of pleasure, pleasure meaning good things, growing the business, more success, more growth, more revenue. But then other times you might be hiring out of pain point. I mean, literally, I had to hire a second and third client success person on my team because I just had one about a year and a half ago. And this individual was getting so burnt out and so overworked that I felt like if I didn't hire two or three more, that I was gonna lose this person entirely just by burning them out. So again, you might be hiring out of you know positive things sometimes, but you might also be hiring out of pain points. If you are looking to build your business, you just have to remember that it's been the best practice for us to hire carefully and only one position at a time. The person that went out and hired the 30 people to then fire 25 to only keep five. I think they made a mistake because what they probably should have done is they should have thought very carefully like, okay, where can I hire that's gonna bring the most yield? And maybe they didn't have to hire 30 people. Maybe they could have just done their due diligence and just found only two or three really solid uh, people to hire for their business and it would have been more successful because think about how much money they probably lost testing these 30 hires. I mean, let's just pretend that this company hires 30 people, they all want 60 grand a year or more or 80, who knows, but that's a lot of uh, salaries brought on simultaneously. So even though they hire 30 people to only keep five, I mean, that's great that they were able to retain five and I'm sure they're gonna succeed off of those five superstars that they're left with. But you know what they're not talking about is the fact that they probably did waste like three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars on the twenty-five salaries that they had to support for half the year that didn't even work out. So it's really important to hire, in my opinion, strategically, carefully, perhaps slowly, and I recommend first hiring the pain point. So what is a huge pain point in your business? Maybe a, the biggest pain point in your business is you don't know how to run traffic internally or something. That's a huge pain point for a lot of businesses. Um, 
What I'm really happy about with my company is we're able to solve that pain point because we're able to go to companies and say, hey, since you don't know how to produce traffic internally, we can. And obviously it's a good synergy, but I, I, I would say one of the biggest pain points for companies out there is that they don't actually really know how to do the media. They don't know how to do proper ads on Google Search and Facebook and TikTok, and they don't know how to properly optimize things like Google Display and Taboola and all these different ad platforms. They don't know how to make the perfect landing pages or the perfect audiences on these different platforms. They don't know how to do all the types of retargeting tricks and just everything that goes into the media buying. So what I recommend for these type of companies is if that's the pain point, hire, think about the pain point. What has been, what's the biggest pain in your business? Is, is the biggest pain that you don't have enough clients or is the biggest pain that you don't have a media buying team or is the biggest pain the fact that you're up until two in the morning doing your own accounting or is the biggest pain the fact that you are a media buyer but you have no help on your team you're just spending like 16 hours a day media buying and you have you you're just kind of like an, an island you don't have a va you don't have anyone launching your ads you don't have anyone to rely on for video editing what you should be thinking to yourself is what are the biggest pain points in your business what's been really frustrating you and aggravating you and then hire the pain points perhaps first and then go from there i mean i remember about two years ago, I mean, our biggest pain point was we felt like we didn't have a very strong internal media buying team. Our business was very different um, two or three years ago. Two or three years ago, we were trying to operate more of an affiliate network, and we had a small amount of internal media buying. But then what I realized was that the internal media buying was more lucrative, and it was more stable because with the internal what we're able to do is we're able to focus on compliance, we're able to focus on running the right ads, we're able to focus on not messing up and doing the right thing. And with the network thing, it was kind of like a crapshoot. Um, affiliates were running whatever they want. So what we did about two or three years ago was we basically stopped running affiliates. We stopped affiliate network stuff and we decided to go all in with internal. And the biggest pain point at that time was, well, I didn't feel like we actually had enough internal. I mean, we only had like two or three internal media buyers. So what we did was we hired very aggressively for the internal team. We built up the internal team to about 10 or 11 media buyers. And now our business is 100% internal and we don't even do the brokering at all anymore. Um, why? Because we don't need to. We can fill our caps internally. And on top of that, our clients don't even want us to broker. I mean, it's just not really what the clients want. The clients want the traffic to be produced from companies that own and operate their own media, right? They don't want a lack of control in the marketplace. So um, another perk of running internal traffic and only internal traffic is the margins are significantly better. So back in the day when we actually had and did the affiliate network stuff, the margins were only about 15% profit margins or 22% profit margins at the very most. What's been beautiful about the internal only, and I want to make that clear, I think a lot of people actually have been confused about this sometimes in the marketplace because they maybe knew us three and a half years ago when we were operating more of the network and stuff. What people don't realize is we've actually archived that and we're just producing all this stuff internally now. The 
our business didn't even start taking off in a huge way. That, I mean, that's one of the key secrets. Why, why has our business grown so much over the last two or three years is because we stopped doing affiliate network and started just doing our own ads internally. I mean, that was really the catalyst of all of the growth and success. Because here's the thing, if you're driving your own ads internally and you're not relying on someone else to produce it, the margins are significantly higher. Uh, for example, with internal traffic, you can actually produce 80%, 100%, and 50% profit margins. If you're trying to broker, it's not possible. I mean, you're, how, you can't go to an affiliate and just be trying to like double your money on the affiliate and stuff. There's just kind of standards of how high you would have to pay an affiliate. So our business really started taking off when we shifted to the internal because the profit margin started to be so much more spectacular. I remember we were used to just really slim margins and stuff on the network. And then we started doing internal and our average profit margins for the month ended up becoming like 30%, 30 to 60%, which is really meaningful. It's like you spend $10 million of ads and you actually take home like three to you know $5 million of net profit and stuff. So the internal model is so much more lucrative and it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely been a little bit more challenging though because when you, if you're running internal only, we've really made this dedication to internal only. The thing about it is that it, it puts a little pressure for you to actually have your act together because if you have a client and the client wants you to generate a thousand leads and you actually are running internal only, it means you really have to have your ducks in a row to produce those thousand leads. I mean, you're not gonna produce like 600 leads internally and then blend in 400. I mean, that's just not acceptable, um, at least with what we're doing in our industry. Maybe that's acceptable in less sensitive types of industries and stuff, but what's really important is having the act together. So for us, we've put perhaps a little bit of a challenge on ourselves doing the internal only, but I feel like it's been yielding fantastic results because now we're able to, you know, look a client in the eye and say, yeah, it's actually our own traffic. We're not just giving the offer to someone else and stuff like that. And the issue with the brokers too is that the brokers do not understand what type of traffic they're getting. And what's interesting is I'm actually at the Mass Tort conference right now, and one of the main topics of the conference is this fraudulent stuff. So in the Mass Tort industry, there's been rampant um, fraud. So what's happened is the the retainers have sometimes been fake retainers. Like people have been using coaching calls and stuff like this in order to sign up retainers. They're having people call in to the um, DID and pretend like they have the Camp Lejeune or the Talcum and they're actually having, they're paying people in Pakistan or in the Philippines to call in or they might even get savvy and find American people. So there's this craziness out there where all this fraudulent stuff is happening in the mass tort industry and what this is doing is it's causing these companies to want to not work with as many third parties so it's actually helping our business so since our business is internal it's helping our sales pitch even more i mean we're able to go to these companies and say listen with us you're never going to get a fraudulent phone call why because we don't actually broker our 
our offers to anyone. We're just doing it internal only. We have full control over the advertising and obviously we're not internally producing fraudulent things. So it's, it's a really good sales pitch and some of these different circumstances in, in the industry are leading to an even higher demand and desire for essentially what we have which is the internally produced traffic which we know exactly what it is we know it's coming directly from social media youtube google native whatever it is and it's obviously nothing bad or fraud mixed in so i'm happy what we're doing there but going back to this hiring thing what I've also learned about hiring is that personality is more important than skill. Um, I, I've, I've really come to the conclusion that personality is more important than skill. And here's why. You could always teach the skill. If you want to be a good salesperson, it's not that hard to be a good salesperson. Why? Because 90% of the game is not actually the sales. It's the personality and it's the drive and the ambition. I'm going to have to be honest, when I went to this MassTort conference, I got some things out of it. I have business cards in my hand right now. I'm probably taking home about 10 or 15 business cards. That being said, I was probably a little bit distracted at this conference because I had a lot of work that I was doing simultaneously at this conference. So it's like what makes a salesperson really good it's, it's not per se the skill, it's just putting themselves out there and actually working really hard. If, if I had gone to this conference, and I'm not saying I'm a bad salesperson, but I was just you know, busy with other things this week and it kind of you know, probably made the conference not as fruitful as it could have been, but if I went to this conference and I actually hustled, had no distractions, and I just went to this trade show and I just worked my butt off talking to people for like 14 hours a day, I would produce so much results from the conference, right? And I don't even have to be the best salesperson to do that. It's just the sheer ambition and drive that produces these type of results. So when we're hiring people, sometimes I could really care less like how much experience they have. One of my top hires that I got last year, they had zero experience in our industry, zero, like zero, zero, zero. But I sensed that this person was so motivated and ambitious. I just knew they were just so hungry. They were just like, they needed the money. They were just so hungry. So what I did was I took this person on and we trained this person from the ground up for three or four months straight, taught them everything, taught them what a lead is, what a lead gen is. They didn't, they didn't know anything. They didn't even know what a lead gen site even was. They didn't know what a landing page was. They didn't know anything. And long story short, this person who had the right personality that didn't know anything whatsoever about our industry has become one of the top performing employees in our entire company. Entire company. Why? Because we sensed that the personality was there. I, I just knew that the drive was there, the motivation, the ambition. I'm telling you, sometimes just work ethic could outperform skills by a long shot. I have multiple salespeople and I've had multiple salespeople in the past. The salespeople that have produced the most amount of money have always been the ones that have worked the hardest that have put in the most hours, that are on the most amount of phone calls on a weekly basis. It's just a fact. 
If you're talking to 10 to 15 clients a week, you are going to make more money than a sales person that's only talking to one or three clients a week. It's just, it's just a fact. You're just running more numbers. You're just working five times harder. So it's just the, the work ethic is so important. And it's not just salesperson, it's anyone. Let's say, let's say you're hiring a media buyer. If you have a media buyer that just hustles for like 14 hours a day, that media buyer is going to usually always outperform some media buyer that's only working three or four hours a day. Now, sure, the guy that works three or four hours a day, they can get fortunate, they can come up with one or two winners and stuff like that. Maybe they can have a good campaign or two, but they're just not going to be able to keep up with someone that's of a similar skill set that just produces like six times the amount of output and results. So it's really important when you're hiring to be hiring for drive and personality. I'm telling you, if someone came to me and they wanted to be some kind of position in the company and they didn't have experience but they had the right personality, I would actually consider training the person from scratch because you can teach the skills. The skills are not that difficult to teach. Media buying skills is not difficult to teach. Sales skills are not difficult to teach. Customer support skills are not difficult to teach. Creative skills, video editing skills, ad copy, even copywriting, this stuff is not that difficult to teach. You can teach skills. I mean, that's why people go to college and university is to learn skills. If someone doesn't know anything about computer science and they go to a computer science college, they're probably gonna come out pretty good at computer science. It's not like they were born to do computer science per se, they just learned, right? So what I realized in our company is that I would take personality all day over skills. The skills have to be there though to at least a, um, a certain degree though. Um, it's it's not like you want a really strong personality with really, really, really bad skills. It just, all I'm saying is that what I'm looking for when hiring is I'm looking for the personality to be a 10 out of 10. Seriously, if the person, and when I say personality, it's everything that comprises like the work ethic and the sentiment of the person. They have to have a positive attitude. They need to be optimistic about the future. They need to have like an optimistic outlook on work and life and the business. They need to be a hard worker. I don't want someone who's only gonna work five hours a day or even eight hours a day. I'm looking for these fanatical people that are gonna actually work like 16 hours a day, 12 hours a day. These people that basically won't give up until you know success is achieved in their you know, whatever they're doing or goals are. So I'm looking for these crazy fanatical people that have um, almost a workaholic type of personality. I don't think workaholism is healthy, but I'm looking for these people that are like almost borderline workaholic to where they will put in like 12 or 14 hours a day and just work their butts off. And I'm looking for people that are passionate. I want people to be so excited. Like I am working for Optimize to Convert. This is the best opportunity and you know, this is where I want to be for the next 10 plus years and we're gonna make, you know, so much money together and I know I'm with the best company, the best management team, the best leadership team, the best media buying team and we want people that are just absolutely passionate and fanatical. And if we find those people and if the skills are not there, we could always fine tune the skills. We can train them on certain things, we can build them up in certain areas, we can get them better, we can send them to training, send them to seminars. I know that Tyler 
is going to a seminar this week in San Diego. There's a seminar with Tim Bird. We haven't been to a Tim Bird conference in so long, but Tim Bird is really the grand father, whatever, of, you know, Facebook ads. He's the guy that's, you know, taught everyone from the beginning, like how to do the different Facebook ad strategies. But I know Tyler's going there for a refresher. Perhaps there's some new strategies out there, right, on these different ad platforms. Perhaps there is a new traffic source altogether that no one's talked about. Who knows, right? But you could always teach these skills. What you can't really change is the personality. If you get someone that's a little bit lazy or a little bit distracted or a little bit, you know, negative or push back, what we also, when you're hiring, you got to look out for people um, that are pushing back. Like, I don't like that all. If you tell someone what to do, it doesn't really they shouldn't be pushing back now i'm not saying that 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 people are not allowed to have an opinion i think it's actually very healthy to, for people to have an opinion but if you tell someone to do something very simple like joe can you please send an email to this client and tell the client this if they're pushing back oh peter i can't do that right now oh peter i don't think that's that important to do i i mean there's zero tolerance for that. I mean, it, if someone is pushing back like that and it's unwarranted, they would be fired so fast, right? So I think setting the bar high, having zero tolerance for unacceptable behaviors like that, and then make sure that everything that comprises the attitude and personality is spot on. Make sure that the passion is there and the drive is there and and, and the, f the fanaticism. You, you need people that are fanatical in whatever they're doing. I'm serious, everyone on our team is fanatical because if they're not fanatical, they're just not allowed to join or they end up getting fired or something. Like we've created this culture where there's so much passion, so much excitement and so much, you know, drive for what we're doing that it's just you either, you know, would fit into this culture or you just want it, right? So it's so important to look out for these things. I think what makes a lot of companies um, kind of status quo is that it's it's not fanatical kind of sentiment. It's not fanatical team. It's not fanatical type of culture. It's just a bunch of lazy, normal, average people that are happy to work nine to five and they're really happy that it's Friday. I mean, seriously, I, I hate that that terminology you know thank goodness is friday that's that's bad if you have some employee and they're excited that it's friday i don't know like i would have that employee maybe on my watch list or something to get rid of or something because i get it everyone needs a break i look forward to the weekends i've been looking forward to the weekends sometimes too but other other times i i haven't been looking forward to the weekend sometimes i'm like man like we're moving forward. We're creating something of success. Like I kind of want to, you know, work all day this Sunday or something. It's like, right. So it's, it's, you got to find the right people that have the right attitude and you have to make sure that the skills are there at least like 80%. So if I were you, I would be trying to make sure that the personality was a hundred percent spot on. Really, if the personality and the drive and the fanaticism and the positive attitude, hard work ethic, like sharp, intelligent, articulate, motivated, driven. If these things are not 100%, I wouldn't even bother at all with the person. 
Make sure that the personality is 100% spot on. The skills don't have to be 100% spot on at first. The skills could be like 80%. If you find a personality that's 100% and skills that are 80%, what you can do is you can teach the skills, you can get the skills higher, and then that person is gonna become a powerhouse in your business because you're taking the personality that's already there, you're just building up the skills, and then you have an unstoppable team and an unstoppable, you know, force and stuff. And it's like this is what is going to produce a strong company is an unstoppable team. Because think about it, when you're building a business, it's your team is a reflection of you and your company. You're only going to be as good as your team is. If your team is sucky, your company is going to be sucky. If your team is mediocre or average, you're going to have an average company. If your team is really good, you're going to have a really good company. It's like the bar is set with the quality and the standard of the team. So my advice here, um, and I need to run actually because I need to meet someone down here at the Bellagio Hotel. I just wanted to get this audio out to you because this is it's important stuff like don't make the mistake of hiring the wrong personalities you got to figure out what you need to do is you need to you need to figure out how to get good at vetting the personality you need to figure out like how do you know is this person driven etc hardworking everything that I mentioned you need to figure this out and that's going to be the big question mark is just how to vet for this stuff I thankfully me and my brother have a pretty natural sense I mean we're able to I'm able to sense the passion. I'm looking for passion. I'm looking for passion married with at least 80% skill. I'm looking for work ethic. I'm looking for positiveness. I'm looking for sharpness, clarity. I'm looking for really, you know, independent thinking and articulation. I'm looking for well-spoken people. There's a lot of things that I can just pick up pretty naturally. But when you're hiring, don't hire that quickly perhaps be careful make sure you're finding these superstars when you find the superstars make sure that the skills are there don't hire some superstar that only has like a little 10 percent skills and they're just like so motivated but they stink at everything they do skill wise make sure the skills are at least 80 percent there and if you find that person i'm telling you they can produce a lot for your business and company they can take things to the next level for you so guys this is peter hope you enjoyed this audio like this share this we'll talk next week and um enjoy your weekend we'll talk soon